and welcome back to Cinema Vino. Uh, my name is Todd Wofford. I'm here with Travis Bud. Is it? Yohoi. Is your name Todd Wofford? It's what I've changed it to. Yeah. Fearless Vampire Killer. I just did not look like a Raul when I was born, so hmm. I went ahead and changed it. To you still sound like one. I do. I didn't people tell me that. That I mean, now I'm going gray. I look like a Raul. Raul. Yeah. You Perhaps a, a Ramon. <laughs> you should go back to Copperhead. Yeah. We really need that. I, I was very what? upset that nobody else... That I manufactured that nickname for you, and nobody else took off with it. And if I was a relief pitcher, that would definitely be my name right now. Hmm. So. Only if you were on the Diamondbacks. Exactly. Todd Wofford was bitten twice in rapid succession by a copperhead back in 2014. Uh, 2008. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I figured if I said a date, you'd fix you'd, you'd you'd fix him. Sean had to excuse himself for a second to go clap at a cat. <laughs> oh, he brought back some pussy. And that's that's not a dirty metaphor. Oh, he, he took it back out of the room. <laughs> it's always bad when you have to clap back at a cat. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what the hell were we talking about? We're talking about... Um, Sorry, I had a cat trying to uh, attack your backpack. <laughs> and uh, that happens every now and then. Yeah. There, there's some... Find a dollar. <laughs> uh, so we are drinking Foxglove Cabernet. Um, this is the second label for the Varner Vineyards in California. Second labels are often done by premium wineries uh, to basically offer their product or their handiwork at a lesser price. So good wine at a decent. It's a good way to find value wines. So it, it's like if I want to offer a better product at a discounted price because I have like too much of it or too much of it or maybe you have some land some property that's not quite premium and they don't want to devalue their label mm-hmm. that they keep at the higher price yeah so they sell it at a lower price for a, a different label that's yeah. different a second label yeah but if we know about it how does that matter well yeah, I think to know about it you kind of have to know what you're looking for they're not that uh, they rarely advertise that yeah it's not like they're publicly being like we're making a second label yeah so it's like uh, Chateau Rothschild, Mouton Rothschild in France. They have their Bordeaux, first growth Bordeaux from them is $1,500, $2,000. Um, the Petite Bordeaux that they do, it's their second label. It's about 200 bucks. So you can get a Rothschild wine for a fraction of the price. Mm. But you just have to know what you're looking at and where to find it. I would just simply do that every time. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you're looking for good, good buys, yeah, this is the way to do it. Is is know what wines, what good wineries have second labels. So it's like uh, Paul Hobbs, the winery, uh, top notch winemaker. His second label is called Cross Barn. So if you know what to find, then. Uh, but then there's some other ones that source their grapes, like Goldschmidt. They they source premium grapes from other wineries and blend them into. You know, cheaper wines, basically. Can I see that bottle? I was playing with the cat. <laughs> so if this bottle was not a second label, mm-hmm. how much would it go for compared to what you got it for? Um, ballpark. So they priced this about 20 bucks, and I think that's a pretty reasonable price for it. If if it was the name of the, the Farner Vineyards who do, like, the boutique wines, it would be a lot more. I mean, they, their, their wines retail for 100 200 bucks a bottle. So 13.4? Mm-hmm. And this is a Cab Sav? Mm-hmm. Paso Robles? Pretty modest. I mean, pretty fruit-forward cab. Yeah. T- typical Paso Robles cab. Definitely got some heat to it. Mm-hmm. Contains sulfites. Yes. I all. can taste them. You know. <laughs> Technically, uh, some wines claim to be sulfite-free. Um, I don't even know if I believe that because that sulfites are a chemical produced when wine is fermented. So. Yeah, I always thought that was a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to run it through a Brita filter. You're fine. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it's vodka. Uh, 
Some, that's what you do in college to drink, you know, <laughs> what you drink in college. <laughs> McCormick goes through the Brita filter. You put it through Brita filter five times. You got Grey Goose. Exactly. <laughs> you know, five broken Britas. <laughs> that's, that's a band, a band name. name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this, what the hell are we even talking about? <laughs> Sean, fights. real quick, can I ask you while we're recording? Yeah. You have a cornucopia of Smarties. Do you want some? Can I get one yeah. of them? It, yeah. it's, it is Halloween, so. It's, it's going to pair very well with this wine. Yeah. If you, know, if you know where to look in this house, we got some dummies, too. Dum-dums. No. Okay. <laughs> we got several at this table. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll save it for later so I don't ruin my wine. Yeah, let's all I'll crunch some plastic yeah. while we're on mic. <laughs> so. Ooh, ASMR, though. Uh, okay. So, yeah, this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is Paso Robles, Central Coast, California. Um, fun, easy drink. <laughs> Uh, we got some Foley people on set here. Um, Someone's coming down the stairs. <laughs> oh, no, he fell. <laughs> sorry. This is, guys, this wine's good. I'm sorry. Let's talk about this movie and this wine. So, yeah, 2021, it's, it's fresh. Um, it's not overly tannic. I think it should get a few years on it. It'll be even better, even smoother. You'll get less of that heat that Sean's talking about. So, but yeah, it's a good budget wine. So look for Fox Club. Look for good second labels. Do a little research. Again, they don't advertise it always, but there's some good second labels. It is there. easy drinking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a fun, it's a good party wine. It's a good cheap under 20 party wine. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for like something for a wedding, something for an event. and Going to a Halloween party. Yeah. And you didn't want to have Magnums. If you wanted to do 750s, this would be a good choice for that, for people. I mean, it's... A, it's a good mid-range. It's not dirt cheap, not swill. It's not super expensive. It's a good middle ground, good compromise. So. If you're just trying to go up on a Tuesday and you want to drink an entire bottle, I do that. Eat with this. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> hey, that's why we're here, right? Look, guys, a single 750 milliliter bottle, that is a single serving <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's only 25 ounces. Barely, yeah, I barely. mean, over an evening. That's barely more than a decent-sized Mr. Pibb bottle. How much can a milliliter even be? Yeah, exactly. This is America. Yeah, well, I don't know what that is. We <laughs> use ounces, which yeah. is the same as weight for some reason. Mm-hmm. We got the metric system. We don't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. Yeah. How, how many cups is that? I don't know. Oh, didn't go into Burger King. <laughs> Royale with cheese. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Fright Night Part 2. This is Travis's pick. Yes. And proud we are of all of him. Guys. Uh, and listeners, this is the last time I will make you watch uh, a Fright Night movie. I don't believe that. Just for the record, you have picked a Fright Night movie every year for the last three years. Yeah, I would have done all of them one year, you know, rip it off like a Band-Aid. But, uh, so year one, we did Fright Night, mm-hmm. 1985. 1985. Year two, we did Fright Night, 2011. 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're on Fright Night Part 2, 1988. Yeah, we yep. hit, hit for the cycle. Flash 89. I th- it, you know, we hit for the cycle would be we do Fright Night Part 3. Well, no, Fright Night 2, New Blood, which came out after the 2011 sequel. There was okay, a sequel yeah. to that one, too. There you go. That, we are absolutely not watching that. No. Not well, now, not ever. And technically, Hit for the Cycle involves a home run in there somewhere, and that, that's definitely not a part of this lineup. So <laughs> This is just a bunch of singles. We, yeah, this, we, is, this is flyouts to left field. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First one was a pretty good, I think, good stand-up double. Everything else. Bunt straight to the pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> 2011 was interesting. I, I like all three of these, but... There's, you know, I'm I'm heavily biased. I, I, eighty five is definitely the creme de la creme, the the absolute best. Mm-hmm. These okay. others are just pale imitations. But I thought they were both. We well, yeah, have pale vampires. Yeah, so that that metaphor works. 
Um, so this is the sequel to the 1985 cult horror comedy classic. Uh, Tom Holland, who wrote and directed the first film, is not involved. With Tom this Holland? One. Yeah, that was yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. That was his name. Uh, William Ragsdale and Roddy McDowell repar- reprised the roles as Charlie Brewster and Peter Vincent, respectively. This film grossed two million dollars on an eight million dollar budget. Uh, so this did not replicate. Wait. Two million dollars on an eight million dollar budget. Yeah, that's yeah. a six million dollar gross loss. It got it got hosed in distribution. Do you have that on there too? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, it was only on like one hundred and forty eight screens or forty eight screens or something. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, one actually, of them was go, ours. go ahead. <laughs> I want to hear your spiel. I want to hear what you got. So, um, yeah. So then, this is on YouTube, widely available. So it's still operating in the red, boys and girls. <laughs> Uh, so this did not replicate their success or positive reviews of the first film, nor has it taken on a cult following since then. Um, it is available on YouTube, as we said. Uh, this borrows some of the basic aesthetics of the first film, st- both in terms of storytelling and visuals, but without a lot of the spirit and imagination that made the first film uh, such a big hit. Charlie Brewster is now in college. He has a new girlfriend, played by Tracy Lynn. And this has reminded me a little bit of another very disappointing sequel, Ghostbusters 2, where basically the film kicks off with the vibe that the first film never happened and everybody tries to downplay it and say, no, no, like the Ghostbusters, like, no, you guys, what's the, the kid says, my, you know, my dad says you guys are full of crap, you know, and it's like, oh, they just, <laughs> they just tore up a lot of New York and ran up a bill and yada, yada, yada. That's Got the, out of here. Yep. So this one has Charlie Brewster basically saying that uh, Jerry Dandridge was not a vampire, but he was in fact a serial killer and he is you know, ranting that to a therapist. When he's in therapy and he's having to cope with the idea that he was a vampire and he made that up in his head because of the trauma. People the therapist was the voice of Pumbaa in Lion King. Really? Yeah, I couldn't place his voice at that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I, I, of course, had... it's Pumbaa. <laughs> um, Timon was the other vampire. I'd give, this, <laughs> I'd give this a whole other movie, a whole other star if this had a Hakuna Matata in there somewhere. You know, it means no worries <laughs> for the rest of your days. It's a problem. <laughs> Don't sue us, Disney. No. So, uh, come get some. Basically, Jerry Dandridge was just a serial killer, uh, and his supernatural rampage can be explained away. But now a new threat emerges in the form of a seductive vampire who turns out to be the sister of Jerry. Uh, she is, of course, out to get Charlie and Peter and spread her vampirism all over the world or something to that effect. <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically, I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. So that's what I have for an explanation. Um, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. We'll start with Travis. So I guess this uh, the movie got dropped by its um, uh, like production. Like I think it went to from Columbia to something else, but the distribution kept getting slashed on this, and uh, they kind of got hosed. And they got hosed by. Um, one of the guys was Jose Menendez. Uh, his, uh, like, sons ended up killing him later. Oh. Menendez brothers. Oh, the Menendez brothers. Yeah. So yeah. it was after Fright Night 2 happened, and I guess uh, Roddy McDowell and the director of Fright Night Part 2 had a, a lunch with the guy the uh, day before he died, or the, the day he died that night or whatever, um, talking about trying to do... Uh, a third movie. They were going to bring Tom Holland back, but um, nothing really happened from that. So it was like that night, and it was like, oh, shit. And everything just, like, stopped and fell apart. I think it's the Menendez brothers who are on a basketball card. You can see them in the background at a basketball game. I think it was a Bulls game? 
Yeah, I want to say it was like a Bulls Lakers or something or Robin or somebody. Yeah, you can see in the background on on their card, their court side. That was like the night they killed their father. Yeah. Oh, shit. And so that card's like morbidly worth a lot of money. Yeah. Weird. We've had a lot of morbid factoids in the last couple episodes. Well, it's Halloween movies. Yeah. So it was mostly, uh, Fright Night Part 2 was mostly hosed. It was only on like 148 screens or something that I, um, from what I saw. And pulled pretty quickly. So you're telling me and if so it weren't it was, for the Menendez brothers, this movie would have been Well, for, for their father, Jose Menendez. But they, they kept cutting the, the amount of places it was going to be shown and kept slashing the budget. Um, and one thing I learned looking at this is that the previous one, the first Fright Night, was one of the first movies ever to spend like a million dollars on special effects. First horror movies to spend a mm. million, maybe? I don't pretty know. Yeah. This one has a lot of the same effects. I mean, parts of, parts of the effects are good, but then there are some that are pretty shoddy on here. Um, I like these movies especially because I like my vampires to have magic powers. I like them to turn into mist. If I see that, I'm like, cool. They turn into bats? Fuck yeah. If they turn into wolves, whatever. Yes, absolutely. If they have, like, hypnosis or, or charm or forgetting powers. Sleep in a coffin. I'm all about all that. Instead of just being like, hey, I'm super hot. Hey, I'm super strong. And I also heal. That's it. That's what you mostly see. So that's why I like Fright Night Part 2. Also, I love how they, uh, spoiler alert, beat the vampire at the end. Much like Legend, where they just... uh, Series of mirrors. Yeah, they bank the mirrors. Like, that's... If I'm going into a vampire nest, I'm having somebody... I'm wearing a disco ball uh, suit, and I'm walking in with somebody (laughs) aiming sunlight at my back. You you can just, like... And just doing a twirl. As as you're coming in, it's like a blade move. You can just, like, slap mirrors onto various corners and... Ooh, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Um... You just got to make sure that the sunlight continues to point in a single direction. Right. We know that that's not going to change at any point. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody else mentioned that the uh, Charlie Brewster and Peter Vincent dynamic was very much Marty McFly and Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I can see that. Um, I love Roddy McDowell. He's great in everything. They, they've switched this on its ear, though, where it's female vampire. And instead of, of course, the damsel in distress being like, seduced by the male vampire it's the character himself and he's slowly getting turned into a vampire the whole time yeah um i thought that concept was great but uh, a lot of these themes weren't executed very well um the director was the director for halloween 3 season of the witch yeah i didn't realize and the um tv uh miniseries of stephen king's it which was i was like oh fuck yeah that's cool which i uh Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Stephen King have a lot of those TV series produced because he didn't like the movie adaptations and he was like, I want to do my own. That I'm not sure of. I know that's what he did for The Shining is he did his own Shining miniseries. He's so cantankerous it makes sense. He's a cranky old man. (laughs) Gotta love him. Yeah. Uh, I thought Julie Carmen as as Regine, I thought she did uh, good. But there was, if if vampires don't have uh, reflection, then how the fuck is she going to show up on TV through cameras yeah that that was one nice big plot that's, well no because the whole reason so follow me with this the reason that vampires don't show up in mirrors is because mirrors used to be lined with silver right and so the idea mm. is that their reflection wouldn't come off the silver because you know that's a vampire allergy so film is capturing through exposure on film 
I, I feel like that would vampires would be captured by photographs. Yeah. I feel camera. like it, and sometimes it's it's like showing them that they don't have a soul. Mm-hmm. So they're it's one of part of the vampire curse where they can never see themselves. That's why the Amish don't But like see, it. like uh <laughs> I hate to I hate to cite another great vampire movie, Dracula 2000 with Jerry Butts or you might call him <laughs> Gerard Butler. <laughs> um, friend of the pod Jerry Butts <laughs> where uh 7 of 9 is giving a um She's who's who's that actress? Oh, Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan. She's you got Jerry Butts. She's and Jerry be, Ryan. <laughs> she's a TV news reporter, and she's uh, giving a, uh, a, a an interview, or, or you know, working on her her reel through the camera. And all of a sudden, the cameraman just sees her, you know, get lifted up and, and cut. And he's like looking around. He's like, "Oh shit, it's Dracula! Mm-hmm. Dracula didn't show up on <laughs> Jerry Butts didn't oh, show shit, up Dracula. on camera. <laughs> that, that rascally Jerry Butts." But I love, I don't know, I love it when the, uh, in, in these movies where the alien, or alien, pff, the vampire goes ape shit and then turns into like some crazy ass, like monster Castlevania bullshit at yeah. the end. And it's just like, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, they're ghoul, the guy filled with maggots and bugs. I was going to say, like I liked the Henchman movie. Yeah. I didn't realize, and I don't think they ever call him by name. In the credits, he's Bosworth with a Z <laughs> during the time good old Brian Bosworth. Brian, Brian Bosworth, yeah. yeah. And I was like, ooh, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Belle with Remember. roller skates was the first transgender vampire. Hmm. And then was it Jonathan Grease? John Grise? Grease? Uh, Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico yeah. from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> so the first one was a very much a, a like kind of a horror comedy. And he was the only comedic element in this sequel, so really. was he a, a vampire or a werewolf? Yeah, everybody. What was his situation? They kind of say both, but, like, he, he was spider climbing, like, go Yeah, he had like, a, he had, like, a dog face, but he could, like, turn on command. So that's not very werewolf Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like he's more of a, a vampire, but he's got, like, the wolf leanings. Like, uh, I believe he was actually supposed to be played by the guy that played um, Evil Ed in the first one. Because, mm. you know, at the end, he was like, oh, you're so cool, Brewster. So he was supposed to be in that. But he left because um, he was in another movie. Tom Holland didn't come back because he was with Chris Sarandon filming Child's Play. Spider-Man. The first one. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so a lot of people didn't come back. And Amanda Bierce, the, um, who was Amy in the first one, she was doing Married with Children yeah. and really didn't want to come back. So Yeah. She's playing Marcy Darcy. Yep. <laughs> hmm. That's right. <laughs> um, so I like it. Uh, I give it a six. I know it's... Uh, uh, it's that, that's lower than I thought you were going to give it. Me too. I mean, it, it's probably a six. But it, the other thing is it's just so hard to find. I mean, you can find it now on, on YouTube. But before then, it was only like, I think in 2003, they came out on... DVD, and I was looking to buy it, and it was like $120 on Amazon. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So They're trying to make that money back. Yeah. <laughs> and then they came out. $6 I, million dollars in the hole from like 1988. That's I have like it on Blu-ray, but it was like a, it was a, I think a Spanish. Uh, like region 2. <laughs> a Spanish region like release. I mean, it, not, not the region, but it. There has not been a U.S. Blu-ray released of it. Obviously, it's which is weird as, because the YouTube videos that we watched were like Fright Night Part Two Blu-ray mm-hmm. Rip 480 Right P. 
It felt like I was on LimeWire days. Like, yeah. Well, it's still hard to find, but it does, it has actually become a a cult classic, but it's just not as big blown up as a cult classic. It's not not necessarily a cult you want to join. Yeah. I mean, if if you really (laughs) liked Fright Night 1, then those are the kind of people who are like, oh shit, I didn't even know there was a sequel. And, you know, they'll be all about it. But anyway, uh, (laughs) there's plenty rips on YouTube if you want to give it a gander. Um, I give it a, a solid six. I'd I'd probably say seven in vampire films. In, but in, in Travis' world, and with Travis's bias, it's seven. Yes. Uh, for, for for normies, six. Seven. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in what you guys thought about it. Okay. Uh, whew, okay. This movie was something. It's something. It, it's it's something. This deserved to lose six million dollars. <laughs> um, and all the bowling. Yeah, what is it with the bowling? <laughs> well, also, we didn't even talk about it. his therapist ends up be- being a vampire the whole time. Yeah. And was like... Well, not the whole time, but got turned later, I think. Is, is that true? I, I kind of thought that he was a vampire the whole time. It was too. like subverting his his therapy into kind of like gaslighting him into not thinking that there were vampires. I think there's... When Charlie starts believing uh, Peter Vincent, he goes to see his therapist and, and like his, um, his secretary is like, oh, I don't... You know, he didn't come in today. I don't know. Because he was in sunlight, at least. But she was also in sunlight with, like, an umbrella over her head. Yeah. Jean. Yeah, I'm not going to look too hard at the canon of this movie. Yeah, (laughs) okay. Um, But I think the characters were fun. I think, like, all the little accessory vampires were kind of cool because you got to, like, play around with, you know, some subplots and seeing the, the bug guy just eating bugs and naming them. Not in that order. Yeah, Beefcake Renfield. <laughs> Beefcake Renfield. That's a band name. <laughs> yes. Shit. Um, I you know it was it was goofy. Definitely not what I would consider like a horror movie by any means. I it was definitely like kind of a, and I think like you said they kind of took some of the comedy elements out of it that were in the first one, and I think that does a disservice to the script. The script does a disservice to itself a little bit. It's it's real clunky. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, the plot's not the plot's not really there. We kind of talked about it with Friday the Thirteenth and how like Friday the Thirteenth spawned off so many movies in that era of like slasher films, like just indiscriminate, not real substantial. Just you, you're looking for something to do in the middle of the summer, and you're going to go into a theater and watch something and eat popcorn. You know, I kind of feel like th- this movie is is sort of like that. Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. So, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, well, it was, it reminded me of Die Hard when he's looking out the window and he sees somebody walking in, but this time it's like three or four coffins. And it's like, how the same shit? The same guy yeah. twice. <laughs> exactly. Also, the, the original was very, um, took off of uh, Hitchcock's rear window with like creepy neighbors Seeing next door. Next door yeah. And it's not. It's not Charlie's place. It's it's Peter Vincent's, but he can't like casually observe something that's happening on his floor when it's like above his floor. Well, and that's I just thought it would have been interesting if they would have found like another Hitchcock way of like to like all right, let's do another Hitchcock movie with a a pivot. They they just did the same movie. They just kind of like did a a gender swap, Mm -hmm. and the the plot doesn't really change that much other than the twist of like oh. Now he's the one who's being, like, slowly seduced into a vampire. And I don't think they ever, like, Regine tells Peter Vincent that she's, like, um, 
Jerry Dandridge's like sister, but I don't think Peter ever tells um, Charlie that. He never says like, "Oh yeah, by the way, the vampire that we're fighting that's that's Jerry Dandridge's sister." Yeah, I don't <laughs> it, think it ever. It's it's just it's only for the viewer. Yeah, you know? it's not actually for any plot. Purposes. Yeah, it helps. And anytime that she's weird, like, oh, it's just uh, performance art. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> All right, continue. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I leave off. Um, um, yeah, basically, it's like missing the humor. It's not as much fun. Yeah, it's just it. It it wasn't as funny. It didn't. It didn't do a lot of the same things while still doing a lot of the same things. You know, it's like they they tried to capture lightning in a bottle a second time, and like, not there wasn't even that much lightning to begin with. To be to be fair, but no, I think the point I was trying to make is like the. The Friday the Thirteenth spawned off so many slasher films in the eighties that there were a ton of movies out there that you would just go to the theater just to watch a movie because you had nothing else to do. And it's like it, there was this whole subgenre of movies in the eighties that are just like non movies, you know, filler, filler movies. And I feel like this is one of those. Like yes. I feel like this is one of those movies that just exists to be on in a theater mm-hmm. when you have nothing else to do or cable because that's what people did, you know. I always think of the thriller music video where he's just like in a movie eating popcorn and just like smiling and laughing. And I'm like, who did that? I'm like, what? That's a thing? Yeah. The roller skate uh, vampire was a Michael Jackson choreographer. Very cool. Very cool vampire. Yeah. I did like all the weird, like the vampire eyes. Although Charlie Brewster is like a starting to be vampire. He did not look like it. Also, I don't know if you guys have ever cut yourself cut yourself shaving, but like that, if your neck looks like that, fucking get, go to a doctor. Yeah, get a tetanus shot. Yeah, that is like, heinous, heinous, you, heinous. You have no like red blood cells. Like, yeah, get that shit checked out. Have buddy. some red meat. Have some beef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Get some fucking iron in your blood, bud. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like the? Uh, uh, You're what? anemic, John. John Grice, he, he with the uh, at the bowling alley, like. Pumping the dude to get like a a beer full of blood, <laughs> yeah, but then also good. the 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 decapitated head rolling out through the uh, the bowling ball. hundred uh, percent knew that was coming. Whenever he was like waiting at the bowling thing, it's great. Um, no, that that piece was that was pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I wish Uncle Rico would just like throw a stake at somebody riding a bike. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, am I the only one that was like uh, rooting for Uncle Rico and the girl uh, uh, to get together? I'm yeah. like, I. There was something about Honestly, it. Reminded me of she needed somebody better. That's yeah. true, but it reminded me. I, I don't know why of grumpy old men, where it's just like I those movies. I don't know why I like them, but they're just two old guys like out there like trying to get laid, and it's this is just like a I'm guessing a newly made vampire that's like, hey, calm down, man. He's like you're supposed to bite her on the neck, asshole. He's like, hey, I still remember romance, good old sex. I'm just you know, yeah, I'm just romancing her right. I'm now. just here for a good time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And a long time. He's like dancing as he's going in to see the symphony. Also, like Charlie Brewster immediately invited her into his room. Yeah, that's yeah. the one thing you don't do with a vampire. You but know, I love those little parts where it's like he was where just she's like, kind of hanging out at the door, in. and he's like, "Oh shit, yeah, you're hot. Come on in." Yeah, like I love those little moments. Get me as a vampire fan. I'm like, fuck yes. Like you've, thank you for that little moment. You get the check mark. This this pleases you. Yes. Yeah. You you understood the, the attention to yeah. detail. I appreciate it. Yeah. So overall, I hate that I have to rate this film. Because <laughs> um, I feel like a five is too much, but also doesn't really tell the story of this movie. Follow you know? your heart. I give this a 4.7. Okay. 
Because so. it, it feels like it needs to be close to average. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's a non... Did it feel like a waste of time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were, yeah. We were, we were on the borderline of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I watched this movie and my phone simultaneously. <laughs> so, um, for me, this could be if you were in film school or whatever, and you're writing like a term what, paper, what not to do. Well, this is a case study of an unnecessary sequel. This is a case study of yeah, why, yeah. by and large, nine out of ten sequels don't need to be made. They, they serve no purpose. They are vestigial. Like the Crow Two. Like yeah, yeah. there's a Crow or three two. or four. Yeah, or Beethoven's right. Fifth. You know. It's like you know. Is that the dog? Yeah. Okay. Caddyshack too. I mean, think about all the movies. Arthur too. Think about the movies that have no bit. Anchorman, Joe Dirt, Cocoon yeah. Two, Deuce, Super Gigolo, Troopers, European Gigolo. <laughs> okay, the first one wasn't that necessary. No. <laughs> Rob Schneider's not that necessary. Rob Schneider. But yeah, this is a this is a like a you could point to this as Exhibit A of why most sequels don't need to happen. It's like this, like you said, it basically takes the the formula of the first film tweaks it a little bit, but then it misses what made the first film good. It made, like, you know, the first film had kind of a weird shambling charm to it. It was funny. It was cute. If you like old school, like horror movies, Boris Karloff, Peter Cushing kind of stuff. Charm is, is yeah, yeah, that's a great word. I think that's exactly what the first movie had. It's like, you know, you get that, like, oh, he's Peter Vincent. He's, you know, um, Peter Cushing and... Um, uh, Vincent, Vincent Price. Vincent Price, yeah. It's like, oh, they're paying homage to all the old school monster stuff. You know, it's like, you know, and the, the idea back in the day of like classic B movies and horror movies airing, you know, late at night with a host who, you know, to yes. link, link the segments together. It's like they're little Valentines for fans, you know. And that, Vampira. Huh. Yeah. It was fan service, you know, and it's like that's kind of what made it cute was if you are into that kind of stuff, this movie is a Valentine for you. It was like a love note to horror mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. Uh, I would give this a four. I mean, it's just like, to me, watching this reminds me of why I enjoyed the first movie so much. You know, it's, yes. it's kind of a confirmation of what made the first movie good, but without being good on its own terms. So, like, a good sequel makes the first movie better and, live, like, enhances it as well as itself. Like, basically, it's like The Empire Strikes Back makes all the original trilogy better. Yeah. You know, it's like when you watch all three movies, mm-hmm. that second one lifts the other ones up. Yeah. It makes you want to go back and watch the first one. Um, this one remind you of why the first one was good and why you don't need to watch this one anymore. Right. So mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, but they, they did talk about uh, what I thought would have been interesting if, is if Tom Holland would have, Spider-Man, <laughs> would have come back to do a third one to try and, you know, finish a type of trilogy do and everybody a, yeah. being like, oh, hey, remember the good Fright Night? That guy's coming back. Like, yeah. Well, that could be interesting. But sometimes it's like Sean says, lightning in the bottle. It's like sometimes it's better to just, you've got a good movie, just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it kind of goes to show that like sequel culture has been around for a long time. It's it not, not really a problem that we have now. It's a problem that's always been around. Is right. that if you have something that works, people are going to try to do it again. And it takes away all, if, if you don't have a good script, if you don't have a good director, any charm that was in the first one is going to be made worse by the second one. The first movie to have a part two, the title was Godfather Part Two, Ooh. which is often held as the best sequel ever made. Um, what about Godfather Part Three? <laughs> what about Blade Two? <laughs> um, Blade Two is good. Don't get me wrong. Blade Two fucks. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna put Godfather Two just a notch above it. <laughs> what? That's because you're a Fredo fan. 
I do love Fredo. And incidentally, that guy, John Cazale, every movie he was in, he had a short career because it was cut short by cancer. Every movie he was in was nominated for Best Picture, including The Godfather 2. Who was his lady friend? um, Well, he basically was engaged to Meryl Streep. That's right. But they were in the sense she did the deer hunter with him because he had cancer and she wanted to kind of be with him in his last project. But right. he was in the deer hunter, he's Godfather, Godfather 2, Dog Day Afternoon. Pretty much everything he did was best picture. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, pretty incredible resume. Good for him. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, who's uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like, really selective with his scripts. Mm-hmm. Just all of it is good. Yeah. Just a beast of an actor. So, this has been another episode oh, yeah. of Cinema Vino. Uh, a lot of sausage. With, exactly. A lot of sausage on this pod. Hmm. Uh, we thank you guys very much for joining us. We've got Sean Jordan. Hey. Travis Bud. Forewarned is forearmed. No, Todd. E. Toddy. And we thank Copperhead. Yes. Great movies. Only Drunker. Uh, well, thank you guys very much. Next week, we'll talk about The Crow. So enjoy that. Oh, just real quick, because we didn't talk about it last part. Do you guys have a Halloween costume? You guys? I'm working on it. it my my it, boy's going to be Leonardo. So oh. DiCaprio? <laughs> he, he's going to be Leo Ninja Turtles. So he has a green theme going. He was Hulk last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna end up being kind of a chubby uh, splinter. <laughs> splinter. Huh. I might be. I'm I might, love it. I might be chubby. Chubby sensei. <laughs> I'm probably gonna be Shrek Solo because you know the ogre Shrek who already is kind of dressed like Han Solo. Yeah. And then Han Solo. Han Solo Shrek. Shrek Solo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the uh, celestial seasoning sleepy time tea bear. Ooh. <laughs> it's on the nose. And I love it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we're running out of battery. Great movies, only drunker. We thank you guys so much, and we will see you guys next time. Last Friday night. Be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our website is cinemavino.net, and reviews of these films can be found at toddwaffordmovies.com.